All right, welcome to the Course Reports, your real deal inside look into professional golf venues around the world. We're here to bring it to you straight, and we're doing it this week with the director of grounds from Trinity Forest Golf Club, home of the AT&T Byron Nelson, Mr. Casey Kauf is joining us today. It's a one heck of an interview we got for you. Real excited to get down to business. I'm Curtis Tyrell, certified golf course superintendent, master greenkeeper. I'm here to bring you the smooth and true facts. So let's get on the green. It's time for the course reports. Well, welcome to the course reports and the AT&T Byron Nelson edition with Trinity Forest Golf Club, director of grounds, Casey Koff. Casey, welcome to the course reports. How are you doing today? Uh, just a little busy running around. It is advanced week, but I always got time to sit down and talk to you, bud. I appreciate that, man. Are you staying dry? Oh, yeah. Actually, we've been lucky. There was some tornadoes in Fort Worth and a little bit north of us yesterday, but we didn't get any rain. So hopefully we can make it through the week with just a little bit or none at all. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. There's a lot of preparation that goes into this week of the year. And when rain is uh, looming, it always adds the pressure to the whole thing, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, especially with us wanting to be firm and fast golf course. It's just not as fun when it's lush and green. <laughs> right, right. Well, hey, Casey, again, thanks for taking the time. We want to share with our viewers a little bit about you and your background and how you ended up at Trinity Forest Golf Club. So tell us about your career path, where you're from and where you went to school and that sort of thing. Okay. I'm actually from North Carolina. I went to NC State. It was actually my second school I went to. I went to school in Colorado first and studied business, but I lost interest in that and went to NC State a little bit as a non-traditional student, I suppose. I graduated in my mid to late 20s. After that, I was working in Eastern North Carolina at a top 100 Eagle Point Golf Club and went from there and ended up at Atlanta Athletic Club. And when I was at Atlanta Athletic Club, I sort of fell into a position of being the superintendent of the Highlands course for the 2011 PGA Championship. That sort of kick-started it. Working for Ken, of course, helped out too. So that was a good move. And then I went down to Central Florida. I was in Central Florida for 18 months when this job called. And I wasn't going to pass this opportunity up. It was oh, man. Yeah, you certainly got a special thing going on there. But back a little bit to your career path at the Atlanta Athletic Club in the 2011 PGA Championship. You know, you guys did something there that I think was the first time or you broke ground on zoysia grass for a lot of guys at a championship level. I mean, tell us about the surfaces that you guys presented then and where that's kind of led you to today. So we had Diamond Zoysia Fairways there and Champion Bermuda Greens. Our rough was Bermuda Grass. And that was obviously, I think at the time, we might have been the only course with Diamond Fairways. I know there's a couple now in South Carolina. And actually, since then, I believe Atlanta Athletic Club's done a full renovation and replaced it with a different Zoysia. But when I was in Florida when the ownership of this place was looking at turf grasses, one of our founding members was a member at Atlanta Athletic Club and he wanted a grass similar to that diamond. And so they called Ken and Ken got him set up with what is now called Trinity Zoysia. At the time it was called L1F Zoysia. And when they called Ken and they said, well, Ken, you know, who can manage this? Ken's like, well, I only know of one person. 
which is kind of nice. When your niche <laughs> is that small, <laughs> you say to yourself, uh, I am sort of typecasted here, but it's a good thing whenever somebody wants to do something unique. And that's what we've done here is we just took a turf that had never been used before, except in a field somewhere and made it our own. And we sprigged it. We did a lot of things that people said we couldn't do, um, which was a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> well, you know, you've got a lot of things going for you in terms of accomplishments in your career, but having your own turf grass named after what you did is certainly one in a million, man. That was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And now there's actually a course on the other side of town that's renovating and putting it on their tees and fairways. And Blue Jack National has it around their greens, but it's pretty neat. The more I see people put it in and they're like, <laughs> hey, we want to put in Trinity Zoysia. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we did that. And I tell my assistants all the time, I say, hey guys, you know, anytime somebody wants to do this, if a board's calling me and asking me if I'm interested, I always say no, but I have a lot of guys in another room over there that are interested. And I like to use that uniqueness to our advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of mentoring right there, I mean, you were speaking of Ken Mangum, a legendary golf course superintendent to all of us. So he mentored you through that critical part of your career over there at Atlanta Athletic Club. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be where I am without him. You know, his management style, and I've said this in the past, isn't about making lists. It's about empowerment. It's about family. He never once told me what to do. He would make suggestions over the radio, which is what I do now. But, you know, he never said, Casey, you have to do this. You have to do this. It was Casey, you do what you need to do to make it the best and use your skills. That's why we hired you. We know you have skills to do this. And with that, you know, getting that empowerment and having somebody support you like that. And then the family aspect, never raising his voice, never yelling, never treating anybody better than anybody else or worse than anybody else. That's what we've always strived to be here too, is it's a family atmosphere. We spend more time with each other than we do our families. So I want to support my guys. When I interview my assistants, I ask them where they want to be and how can we get them there? I don't want them to be here forever. I want them to go and be successful somewhere else. You know, that kind of tradition and program that you're creating is certainly something special. And I know that the guys there are very fortunate to be working with you. You know, this whole course reports thing, Casey, what we're trying to do with it is bring an underrepresented or in many times inaccurate representation of kind of our side of the business out to the golfer. So that's really our target market is just to share with the golf fan a little bit more about the turf, a little bit more about the golf course. And then they get not that anybody's intentionally not doing it, but it's just not something that's readily available. And so that's our goal for today. And before we get deeper into the Byron Nelson and Trinity Forest, I wanted to talk about the European PGA Tour event the British Masters that's going to be at the Hillside Golf Club in Southport, England. And this is known as England's Golf Coast. It's in the northwest, just north of Liverpool and Royal Birkdale. And it's one of the top 25 courses in the British Isles and an underrated hidden gem in terms of Lynx golf courses. Do you know much about Hillside Golf Club? I don't know much about it. I need to look it up. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a great event on TV early in the morning before the coverage of Trinity Forest comes on, which is always the best part about watching golf from the UK over here. But a really unique place. It was uh, designed and originally built in 1911, but was reworked by Fred Hawtrey in the 60s. It's uh, 7,029 yards. It's got some really unique holes. And the back nine, according to Jack Nicholas, is the best back nine he's ever played. And from my research, it looks like it's got some unique elevation to a Lynx golf course, which is certainly going to make things more interesting. But Chris Ball's the Lynx manager over there. They're growing fescues and bents, and they're really excited about bringing that event there. I mean, with your golf course at Trinity Forest being, I don't want to call it, well, it is a unique design, but do people try to say, you know, call it a Lynx style or how do people categorize it when people ask you about it? I think that's where people always get confused they don't know what it is they call it a league style golf course but then you can see the skyline of dallas 10 miles away and people are like whoa wait a second for most of the golf course you forget where you're at and then you get have you ever been to stream song in florida it's very similar you're walking that golf course and you're saying where am i it does not feel like i'm in florida and i think people feel the same way about this place is you get lulled into this, oh, we're on this lake style course. And then you get to the back nine and you get to hole 15 and you're looking out and you see the skyline of Dallas. And you're like, <laughs> right. What is going on? It's just a really neat project and a really neat and unique property. And it's very unique for the PGA Tour. Oh, definitely. You know, and I think seeing uh, Hillside on in the mornings and this true links in the northwest coast of England and then following it up with trinity force is going to be some exceptional viewing for the week and looking forward to it myself and i know all our listeners are too the champions tour are going to be at greystone golf and country club on the founders course for their first major the region's tradition it's a bob cup and hubert green golf course kevin brooks and david miller are the superintendents and they're also growing zoysia and bermuda out there yeah i know greystone club i'm familiar with that club because being from atlanta Uh, Being in Atlanta, that wasn't that far down the road. Right. Well, the Champions Tour will have some stiff competition up against you, but uh, definitely all listeners want to check that out. But let's get back to you and the Byron Nelson and Trinity Forest. So last year when you were doing all the press, it was your first time hosting the event last year, right? Yeah, that's correct. And one of the things that I remember you talking about was that you were the first employee at Trinity Forest. Right. Yeah, I was. I was hired September 1st of 2014, employee number one. You know, the success story of Trinity Forest, everybody's on to it now because it's just been flawless and everybody loves it. But I tell you what foresight on behalf of the developers, the owners, the architects for really doing it right and hiring their golf course superintendent and director grounds as their first employee. Uh, Yeah, I think they thought at that point, we need somebody here because it is such a unique piece of property with the landfill that we're on and there's a lot of regulations. And I think they just knew that somebody needed to be here in the very beginning. I mean, that had to be just an incredible experience for you getting to sit in before really anything was being pushed around in terms of dirt. You know, you've got more institutional knowledge than anybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know where in, because we had to bring dirt in because we weren't allowed to shape the dirt that was on the ground. We weren't allowed to touch it. So we had to bring dirt in and then shape that on top. So I even know 
what parts of what holes have different kinds of dirt on them, which is really a unique <laughs> right. thing. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the construction there was unique to itself. So tell us about the site and just a little bit about the history of building it. Okay. So the whole site, there was a group of SMU alums and a couple guys that were just high up business guys in Dallas wanted to bring championship golf back to Dallas. They had the, Byron Nelson was in that the Four Seasons, which is in Irving, Texas, if Colonial, which is in Fort Worth. But how do we get it to Dallas? So they wanted to find a place to build a golf course. Well, this is a major city. There's not a lot of land available. So what they found was this landfill in South Dallas. And how can we turn this landfill into a usable thing and take that burden of maintaining the landfill off the taxpayer and everything. So they worked out a deal with the city. We basically operate on a 40-year lease on the landfill. And we took what people would consider a garbage piece of land (laughs) and turned it into a championship golf course. And with that brought in a lot of revenue back into this part of the town of Dallas. And there's a lot of interesting parts of the construction being on a landfill. We weren't allowed to touch anything basically below the ground, below the clay cap that was there. So all of our soil had to be trucked in. We trucked in 750,000 cubic yards of soil. So we actually have a location right on the north side of the property where we mine the soil from. It's about a 30-acre site, and we mined it down every bit of soil, including our greens. Our greens mix, what I considered our greens mix, we found in the uh, northwest corner of that pit. And I just like the way the material looked. And that's what's under our greens. We don't have a traditional USGA green system or anything like that. It's a very unique thing. That's fascinating. Now, were you there? I mean, you know, we talked about you being there first. Were you there actually as they were mining, getting to help select and move that dirt to the right spots? Oh, yeah. I was there before they started that. So the first bit of dirt we used to mine was where our irrigation lake is, which is, it's near a maintenance facility. So on the east side of the property. So we mined that and put that on the golf course first. And then when we went to our other pit, yeah, I was there when that got started. And what happened was they had an area where they had boring samples and we thought that would be good for greens. And it turned out there was just a lot of rock in it. So we scrambled and bored and found this pocket of this sandy loam in that corner. And I was like, oh, that's good. Good for greens. So we just sectioned that section off and said, this is only for greens. Sent it off, got the material tested to make sure it drained okay. And by okay, at our standards, okay for us is like an inch and a half an hour. (laughs) Right. Uh, But Core Crenshaw designed their greens to surface drain though. It's just like old school golf where there's no pockets holding water. It's all surface drained water. So with that extra water holding capacity, we actually have been more successful, I think, with our greens than had we gone with sand. Well, you know, to clarify that at an inch and a half per hour, you know, up against a standard or USGA mix that might be used throughout the country at 15, 16, 20 inches per hour, that's significantly different. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. So that's interesting. And so you talking about uh, Ben Crenshaw and Bill Core. So they're moving all this material from just north side of the property onto this landfill. And then the artistry begins. Right. So if you were to see this property as a landfill, it was old. It was closed. It's been closed since the 60s. So there was some settling and there was this nice rumpled look, very much like 
the British Isles has. Just this rumpled look to it, and that's what Bill and Ben loved. So if you actually saw it, our fairways basically mimic that. So their shapers were basically just mimicking the up and down of the land, whereas in the native areas, that's more man-made, I guess you would call it. And that was just dirt brought in, and that was all creative. It was really interesting. And then Bill Core does all of his greens work himself. Nobody else does it for him. His shapers will throw all the material on the greens, but Bill comes in and does all of his shaping himself. How was that working, you know, directly with those guys? Had to be something else and educational. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. The absolute best. They will do anything for you, especially if you get their philosophy and you really implement their philosophy. They really are great. You know, you can reach out to them and they will help you with anything you need. They were totally on our side. You know, if this is really too much to maintain, oh, well, let's make that a little softer. You know, Bill would shape a green and say, Casey, do you think a mower could get up this hill without scalping? That stuff that is rare, I think, from modern golf course architects, you know, they just sort of throw it out there and say, you figure it out. But Bill and Ben were included me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's so unusual. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that relationship, if you can have a relationship like you're talking about and on the heels of your developers and owners having the foresight to have you there from the beginning, that's how you end up with such a special place like Trinity Forest. You know, I mean, it, oh, it just takes that interactive relationship and the ability for you then to implement the design and manifest it out once the turf's grown. It's just amazing. So you talked about the Trinity Zoysia. So you have that on your fairways or on your tees? Where do you have that? All short grass. We only have native grass in the rough. So we're a hundred acres of short grass. Whereas, you know, in comparison, what do you got? 25 to 35 acres at a normal course of fairway grass. And we have a hundred. So we're all short grass and it's a wall to wall, except for our right, greens. Right. And that's a direct kind of link to the whole Linksland golf in that you've primarily played on short grass. And then when you're out of that, you're in the native stuff and it is what it is. Correct. And, you know, the way the course is, you'd get out here and you'd say, I have 80 yard wide fairways. And people would be like, well, this is easy. But it's not, it's not a tee shot golf course. It's just like a links course. It's a second shot golf course. You have to play the course backwards. You have to say, okay, the pin's on the left side of this green. There's a huge ridge in the middle of the green. If I'm coming at it from the left side of the fairway, it's impossible because I got to go over this ridge. I can't get close to the pin. But I can hit it out to the right and make a par. But if I want to make birdie, I need to narrow that 80-yard wide fairway and squeeze it in there to the right to get the angle to the pin. Otherwise, I can't get there. And that's the cool thing about it is people come out here and they're like, that's so easy. And then you get done. You're like, well, what did you shoot? And they're like, Ugh. So last year we actually led the tour in greens and regulation. We also led the tour in three putts. Well, there you go. <laughs> so you just got to get in the right position. You can't just nail it down the fairway and say, ah, I'm good. Cause if you're coming across these ridges, you can hit a shot that you're like, that was a perfect number. Well, sure. But then it hit that ridge and you actually kicked off the green. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so speaking of the greens, what are you growing turf grass on the greens? Uh, Champion Bermuda. Tell us about that and your experience with it and what's it looking like today? We had it at Atlanta Athletic Club, obviously, for that 2011 PGA. And it was really successful for that tournament. Then when I was in Florida, I had a different Ultra Dwarf grass but then when we came here we decided we'd go with champion 
there was no other reason other than comfortability to go with it. We knew that the other options were just as good. We just thought this was going to be better for us. And honestly, because we are so severely sloping and we have so much wind out here for our member play, we're no really faster than 10 and a half to 11. And we don't get these crazy green speeds because it wouldn't be playable. You balls would be blowing around on the green and that's our goal is coming into this event is to be around 10, 10 and a half this week and then ramping up to 11. We don't want anything faster than 11 because if the wind's blowing 35, we want you to be out there playing in it. We don't want the ball rolling around. That would be the absolute worst thing is to have to stop play for right, wind out right. here. You know, so we're protecting the greens against the wind so that's where we are for the pga tour event and everything i know a lot of people think that they're playing on these greens that are so fast everywhere but that's not always the case you have to play and maintain to what you have at your golf course a lot of slope a lot of wind all those speeds back and it's interesting i'll have guests come up to me and ask if the greens are only 13 just because of the slope it's a perception that they're faster with just amount of slope out here but you know, I think the slower your green speed, and you know this just as well as me, the slower your green speed, the, I don't want to call it easier, but the easier it is to maintain, I think, a better putting surface. And so we always, I feel like, are dialed in on our putting surfaces because we're not going after those 13 green speeds that some guys, you know, that's a lot of stress on a plant. Right. You know, I used to call it the happy height of cut where you know the plant just loved it and as it relates to height of cut and everything else that you're talking about you find that sweet spot and you got healthy plants and that's a whole different ball of wax than than a really stressed out plant that you're trying to get a certain ball roll speed out of for sure sure i think that's a big problem in our industry well it's just in the u.s i think it's a bigger problem is this chasing of these green speeds and that's i mean that's just a detriment to your plants your greens our greens are just beautiful right now and they're a little slower but everybody understands what our green speed's about here it's not about this oh we want you to have a four foot putt and worry that you're going to put it off the green because that's not really fun <laughs> absolutely and if you guys were the top ranked three putt golf course on the tour last year i don't think you're any issues with the greens uh speed that is well hey you mentioned the weather and the wind and how that comes into play with your management of the golf course how is the weather and how are you feeling about it leading up to the event we talked a little bit about it but you know i know it can rain personally i know it can rain like crazy down there what are you thinking this is an interesting part of the country it is feast or famine here when it comes to the weather and we had the wettest fall on record last year, and then we've had you know a top 10 wettest April, but the course drains really well. Last year, it was 100 degrees during our tournament the 1st of May, and you could bounce balls over your head. This year, the golf course is going to play completely different, which makes it a little bit fun, I think. We also had the longest drive on tour last year. It was like 435 yards because it was so dry and bouncy. But now I think where guys may have gotten used to hitting wedges and nine irons into some of these greens, they might be hitting seven and six and five irons into greens. That changes the whole golf course. So it would be interesting to see it play this way because we are forecasted a couple inches of rain through the rest of this week. And then this is what I call our rainy season in Dallas. It's a lot of those springtime afternoon thunderstorms that you never know. I mean, it might hit downtown, but it might hit here. And 
we've been in that pattern lately. So with that, I think the course certainly isn't going to play with the fire it played with last year. It's going to play much softer, but I think it's going to be fun seeing it play softer. Are there any holes in particular with the current conditioning weather-wise that you would like the viewers to pay attention to or you think might be interesting just to the fact that it's going to play different than it did last year? Yeah, if you go number 13 through 18, it is last year it was so dry and those holes are really long. You've got a par 5 over 600, you've got a par 4 over 500. You've got number 17 of par 3 but it's 190. But when you start putting wind, so our typical winds out of the southwest, and so that puts this crosswind on all those holes and crosswinds are the hardest winds that is the hardest wind to deal with. And now you're a lot wetter. So you're not out there hitting nine irons in that makes this shots with a crosswind. It's going to be really difficult. Last year, the guys on the 600 yard number 14 were hitting irons in this year. I don't know if they'll be able to get there in two. Wow. Wow. And it's just a huge difference. But now if they go for it in two, it's going to be more of a risk reward because they're going to have to carry these bunkers that are 50, 60 yards from the green, that's not a shot you want to have, you know, so are they going to lay up? It just is going to be really interesting seeing that coming down the stretch because you got a couple short par fours, a couple long par fours, and a long par five. It's just, I can't wait to see that playing wet. And I was talking to one of our pros yesterday, our assistant pro actually, and he said, oh my gosh, they're going to be hitting four irons in the number 18. Last year, they were hitting nine irons. As you and I know, a four iron is a lot different than a nine iron. So I can't wait to see that. What a testament to the design, the conditioning of this golf course that it would take on such different complexion. I mean, that's just going to make it fantastic viewing. You talked about your staff at the beginning and, you know, the type of team you're trying to build, but how is your staff doing? And tell us a little bit about your volunteers and just Who's out there working with you, getting everything ready? So our staff consists of, for the golf course, I have a superintendent on the golf course, and then he has three assistants that all share equal responsibility. So I don't number them first assistant, second assistant. They're just all sharing a responsibility. And then we have 28 people on the golf course staff. Then the north side of the property, I have a par three course, SMU practice facility, our practice facility, a first tee of Dallas facility, I actually have a 10-man crew up there with another superintendent because it's just so much to go with. Everybody's just ready to go. We've been working towards this. And it's an interesting thing in a spring tournament because really we can't do a lot of project work, drainage, stuff like that past the summer. So we can't do it in the winter because we can't have sod seams. Right, right. And they won't heal by the tournament. So we do all of our project work as soon as the tournament ends. It gets, I'm not trying to say we have nothing to do, but it almost gets a little bit boring in the winter because you're just wanting it to green up so you can start managing the turf. Because if it's not greening up, you can't manage anything. You're just saying, oh my gosh, we need this to green up. We need it to hurry up and come out and so we can really start fine-tuning that turf for the tournament, which is obviously, you know, the first week of May. And then volunteers, I've got guys from all over the country. I've got guys internationally from Canada, Australia, England. We'll go from a total of about 
40 total employees to 80 for next week. Wow. It is going to be awesome, man. I can't wait to watch it. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the course reports and share all this. It's been fantastic. Before I let you get back out there real quick, I know you're a good golfer. I know you like to play. What's the best round of golf you ever played? Score's not important, but who was it with and where'd you play it? Oh, man. Last year we did a, I called it the Midwest Top 100 trip. Me, my superintendent, my equipment manager, and my dad. We flew to Denver. We got a minivan. It was great. Drove to Bally Neal, played Bally Neal in eastern Colorado. Then drove to North Platte, Nebraska, played a course called Wild Horse there. Then drove to Sand Hills, Nebraska, played Sand Hills. Then drove from Sand Hills to Prairie Dunes and played that in four days. It was about 1,600 miles in our minivan. It was like a band crossing <laughs> the country. It wasn't one golf round. Playing those four courses in four days with, you know, two really good friends and my dad. I mean, that's an experience that you can't really pass up. And that, to me, will be something I'll never forget. I tell you what, it sure doesn't sound like it can get any better than that, man. Well, listen, congratulations to you on an amazing body of work, an amazing career. Congratulations to your crew and all our listeners, myself. We're going to be watching and rooting for you guys for a great week. All right. Thanks a lot, Curtis. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. A big thank you to Casey Call for taking the time to give us such a great interview and all that insight into Trinity Forest. You know, we got a lot of great stuff coming at you next week, too. We're going to have Andy Wilson, Director of Agronomy of Bethpage State Park, home of the 2019 PGA Championship, and Reese Jones, legendary golf course architect who worked on Bethpage Black and uh, basically gave it its makeover that uh, brought it to what it is today. So it's going to be a great episode. And we'd love for you to tune in and listen. And we want to thank everybody that's been subscribing and sharing and telling everybody about the course reports. The response has been great. And we're going to keep bringing it to you, bringing it to you straight, the smooth and true facts. So thanks a lot. We'll see you next week. We'll get on the green. Take care. Take care.